what's going on, everybody? Thank you for listening. I really hope that you're enjoying this podcast. And if you are, I would love to hear from you. So feel free to reach out to me on Facebook and Instagram at The Unstoppable Podcast or email me at theunstoppablepodcast at gmail.com. Is there someone in your life, maybe a friend, mentor, teacher, coach, or coworker that you look up to? It's important to surround yourself with people that can help motivate you to grow as an individual, people that you can learn from. My guest today is someone that I greatly respect and I've had the opportunity to learn so much from over the past decade. Sean Charles had an impressive collegiate career in wrestling. He was a two-time Pac-10 champion, a two-time NCAA finalist, and a four-time All-American at Arizona State University, the very first four-timer in ASU wrestling program's history. He went on to become a successful college wrestling coach for a number of years, which eventually led him to become the head coach of the Arizona State wrestling program for five seasons, which in 2011, he had the opportunity to coach two wrestlers to NCAA titles, one being Bubba Jenkins and the other being, you guessed it, me. So come listen in as I catch up with coach and we talk about getting comfortable being uncomfortable, using pressure as fuel, why it's important to set small goals, and why it was bad news for the opposing wrestler if someone ever mentioned his mama. I'm Anthony Robles, and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. What does unstoppable mean to you? Unstoppable is just a, is just a mindset and a way of life. I think it's just uh, not being, being afraid to fail. Relentless. I can accomplish anything I want to accomplish when I set my priorities right, when I walk with God, and when, again, I, I live with that mindset, being the best that I can be at every moment. I think there's nothing more powerful on earth than the human will. Anthony Robles has shown us that impossible is nothing. Anthony Robles is a national champion. You're listening to the Unstoppable Podcast with your host, Anthony Robles, brought to you by Safe Streets. Please welcome today's special guest, former ASU wrestling coach, Sean Charles. Hey everyone, before we start this episode, I'd like to take a moment to recognize our sponsor. When it comes to protecting your family, be unstoppable. Don't cut corners with your smart home security. Call my friends at Safe Streets. They'll evaluate your unique security and automation needs, all while delivering a five-star customer experience. Get your free quote today. Call 844-980-SAFE. That's 844-980-7233. All right, Coach Charles, thank you for joining me today. Hey, Ant, thanks for having me on, man. I'm looking forward to talking to you. And, uh, you know, you know, I'm always here to help you any way I possibly can. Well, I really appreciate it, Coach. It's an honor. So I guess, you know, first question out the bat is, how old were you when you got introduced to wrestling? Um, I was a freshman in high school, so I think I was 14 years old when I first got into wrestling. And um, I got into uh, wrestling through a, um, a, a dare. I was a freshman in high school, never even heard of wrestling. And the only wrestling I ever heard of was WWE or yeah. WWF at the time. And so I got dared to go to the practice room. And from there, I just fell in love with the sport. Yeah, I was 14 too. It's kind of a late age to get started, especially in wrestling. You know, it's it's a it's a humbling sport. You know, but you you hit the ground running pretty quickly, didn't you? Weren't you a three-time state champion? Yeah, I was a three-time state champ. But um, my first year wrestling, I was 16 and 14, and um, you know, I I got I got I, I lost 14 matches. So obviously, I, I took some licks. Mm. I didn't even qualify for the state tournament my freshman year, and. Uh, Looking back, I, I, I uh, won a match. I got beat 22 to 2 because uh, I was wrestling at a time before the tech fall rule. Oh, man. Yeah, you just got beat down. <laughs> but I didn't get pinned, though. So I was like one of the, you know, I was one of the kids on the bus, one of the rare kids on the bus that did get pinned at the time we were wrestling Sunnyside. And uh, pretty much everyone else got pinned. I, guess I just got thumped 22 to 2. And then I got the same guy whose name was Rudy Alameda that beat me 22 to 2 my freshman year. He uh, pinned me in the uh, qualifier for states. Mm. That was the only fall I gave up in high school. So it was it was very humbling. It was one of those experiences where, you know, uh, I had to figure out how, what I wanted to do, if I wanted to be successful or not. So that whole summer, man, after the season was over, it wasn't over for me. I, I worked my butt off. Uh, I mean, I worked really, really hard to make sure that I wasn't going to have to go through 
getting my butt kicked out in front of my family and friends ever again. So I put in a hard season uh, after the season. I put in a hard summer because I was only about 90 pounds when I got to high school. And I put on about 10 to 12 pounds. So I had to kind of lose about five or six pounds to get to 98 at the time. And uh, that that uh, those that weight that I put on and the muscle that I put on really did change everything for me. Yeah, we, I think we were about the same way. I was 90.8 my, my freshman year. So I was <laughs> light, light and lean there. Yeah, it's so, kind of weird to think you're that little, huh? <laughs> yeah. You really think about it. In high school, 90 pounds? Holy smoke. Yeah, I know. I was tiny back then. But, you know, so like looking back, you, know, you, you said you, you put the work in. Do you think, you know, was that the main thing that helped you to turn that corner from, you know, just kind of being average to all of a sudden, you know, you, you become a multiple time state champion or was it more, you think it was more like the physical work you put in or more just like that mental determination of, you know, just not letting, like you said, that beat down the first year, you know, that humbling experience kind of gets you down. Like, what do you think play more of a factor it was there? a combination of both. For me, I think, you know, wrestling strength equals technique. And so what I mean by that, I mean, like there's situations where if you've got the physical strength, you know, you can throw technique out of the window, you're going to be able to horse the guy and win. And although I was, uh, I thought I was strong for my size, not 90 pounds, putting on that weight and putting on the strength transformed me from being a guy um, that's going to get beat 22 to two to turn around beating that guy the next year to win a state title in the finals. You know, uh, I wrestled another guy, uh, Danny Figueroa. I'll never forget it. He beat me 19 to zero. This the one year later, same exact tournament, I tech falled him 15 up. Really? It's from putting on that that muscle and then also being competitive. I mean, I, I was always very successful in other sports and I played high school football and was, you know, good player and I played soccer and you know, we won state titles and you know a lot of tournaments and stuff. And so I was always in a, a on good teams where we had a lot of success. And so I really wanted to win. And um, I'll never forget this. Uh, my, my coach asked me a question. Well, I asked my coach a question because I was so upset that I didn't even qualify for state. But he took me to the state tournament so I could just watch. Mm. Right? So a kid has never wrestled before. I'm there and I'm in awe. These guys are just battling, going at it. And uh, we're riding back on the bus. And I'll never forget. I said, Coach, well, wh what do I have to do to win, to win a state title? And uh, he told me a couple things. And one of his things was you need to do 50 push-ups every day. And I was like, that's it. That's all I have to do. And uh, he told me he never forgot that because he has told other kids certain things and they had always given an excuse and stuff. And all I said was, that's it. That's all I have to do because I wanted I wanted to win. And so whatever he was going to tell me to do, I was going to do it regardless. And and uh, just 50 push-ups every day, man, I could do that. You know, I'll do that. No, no, no doubt in my mind. And I did it. And I put on that strength and I got I, I got some revenge on some of those dudes. Really, you're just willing to pay the price, whatever it was, because you, you saw that, that goal, that, that dream, and you're saying, you know what, no matter what, I'm, I'm willing to go for it. Yeah, you know, wrestling is a very interesting sport, because up to wrestling, I played uh, team sports, right? Mm -hmm. And in, in team sports, um, obviously, you know, not everything falls on you, but in wrestling, you're out there all by yourself. So when you, when you don't get your hand raised, it's because you didn't do something right, or you didn't work hard enough to prepare yourself to be in that situation. And so, you know, I, I didn't, I, I made up my mind, if I was going to, if I was going to wrestle, I was going to win at it. I was not going to walk out there, you know, every week and, and get thumped and, you know, beat down and all that other stuff. I was, if I was going to walk out there in that singlet, with that headgear on and my skinny ass legs, I'm going to win. <laughs> so, um, I worked hard at it. And, um, I always get asked a lot of questions by young kids or write me emails or send me letters and want to know why or how I got so, so, so much better so quickly. A lot of it is I listened to my coach. I didn't know enough wrestling not to listen to anyone. So when he told me I need to do something, I have to run home after practice, I have to do this, I have to do that. It was never a question of why would I do that. It was okay. This is what I got to do to win. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I remember you know Mesa High when I walked in the wrestling for the first time over the uh, uh, the doorway. They had a, a slogan. They said, "Show up, work hard, be coachable." You know, so it's like you're paying the price. You're working hard, and whatever your coach tells you to do. You know, I mean, that's, that's one of the things uh, I loved about the sport as well, that accountability of it. You know, it, it's all on you out there. And, you know, how well you do doesn't matter about anybody else. It's about what you put into it and what you put in is what you're going to get out. So, you know. And one of the things I will say, you know, about the coachable, I mean, I've coached a lot of kids over the years and I've obviously I've been coached by people. Um, kids that are coachable are going to be, they're winners. Because obviously our sport's evolving and changing and, and you know, you're, the guy in front of you wants to win just as much as you want to win. So you have to be coachable. And I can, I can honestly say 
you know, my experience with you from your junior year to your senior year, you were a very, very coachful young man. You allowed me to actually help you and help tighten up some areas and develop some other areas. And um, that coachability allowed you to go undefeated and win a national championship. And I, and I would say this to any kid out there that's wrestling. Until you are humble enough to allow someone to help you get prepared for what you say you want, it's going to be very hard to do it by yourself. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Coach. And one of the things that I remember you said to, to the team when you first came on to Arizona State uh, as, as a head coach, I remember you walked in the room, you were all sitting there, and you were talking about, like, you know, just picture this room full of landmines, you know, like, wouldn't you rather, you know, you could either go through the landmines and, you know, figure out where they are yourself by making those mistakes, or you could follow someone who's already been through the landmines, you know, who knows the way. And I just remember you said that, and it just really stuck out to me. It's like, you know, that's, that's a great point. You know, it's like you find those people that you want to be like, like, you know, you rest in career and just as a man, I want to be like you. You know, so mm -hmm. it's like, you're somebody I want to follow, I want to listen to that advice. I want to be coachable. And that's just a great point to kids, because I think a lot of the times we're coming up, we kind of think we know it all, you know, <laughs> especially. Right. You know, you get into sports, you start getting a couple wins here and there, you get a little cocky, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I got this. You know, I don't need anybody to, to fix my, my, my game, you know, to change my stance or anything like that. It's like, no, you can, you can always be better. You know, you can always find someone to challenge you, to change you, to help mold you to get to that next step. Yeah, and that's really what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, it clearly it showed in your career. You had an outstanding high school career, and then, you know, then came the challenge of that transition, you know, from, from high school wrestling to, to college wrestling and trying to continue that success. And, you know, I, I think that transition for any athlete in any sport, uh, it can be a struggle, you know. So if, if that wasn't enough on top of you of a challenge, you know, you're joining the Arizona State wrestling team, which at that time, you know, the Sun Devils, they're, you know, they're, they're the toughest team, one of the toughest teams in the country. You know, I mean, 88 national champions, 89-90 national runners up. So what was your, your mentality just coming in as a freshman, just knowing the high expectations of the team and knowing, like, you know, you're stepping into a room and you're going to be scrapping with these dudes, like, every single day. Right. So, um, so when I came out of high school, it was very interesting because I got recruited by a lot of um, good programs. And I never wrestled out of the state of Arizona. I would only wrestle uh, when kids would come to the state of Arizona that were, you know, junior national placers and things like that, cadet national um, placers and things. When they came to Arizona, I would wrestle them and I would beat those guys. And so I got on the radar um, just because I was beating guys that were coming to Arizona wrestling in some of our tournaments. When I went to Arizona State, I was probably, I don't know, there's no problem. I was the worst recruit on the team. There's no probably about it. And I was a three-time state champ, didn't give up a takedown my junior and senior year. But, you know, you know, we had guys like Ray Miller, you know, ASICS All-American, uh, Rex Holman, two-time, uh, you know, won both styles, Greco and freestyle and junior nationals, Marco, Marco Sanchez, you know, Greco-Roman national champ, uh, took third in freestyle, you know. So th those are the guys that I came in underneath, right? And... Um, I remember, I'll never forget this, you know, when I got to Arizona State, I took some beatdowns. I mean, I mean, I'm talking like, you know, you go from winning three state titles and not giving up a takedown for two years, and I can't even get a takedown on anyone in the room. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm the guy that people want to work out when they want to get their weight down. I'm that guy, right? And uh, I'm just like, man, I, I you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, and a lot of it is because I hadn't, the only time I ever wrestled was in high school. I didn't wrestle cadets. I didn't wrestle in off season. I played football and other sports. So um, I had to get used to training that hard year round. And I had to obviously make my mind on how I wanted my career to look. And um, I, I remember after practice, I'll, this is one of those things that really motivated me. After practice, I came back in the room, the lights, I turned on the lights, it's just me in the room and I'm walking around the room and I'm looking at this, uh, board of all of the accomplishments that everyone has ever done with their names up there and i'm walking around this thing by myself and i'm like you know what one day one day my name's gonna be on that board now i didn't know where and i would tell myself i'm like i don't know where it's gonna be if i'm just gonna be a packed in champ if i'm gonna you know be an all-american i didn't know where but my name is going to be on that board someday and I, and I kept telling myself that so that was part of my motivation another thing was we always had i always had really good people around me that tried to motivate me and try to help I remember um, Eddie Urbano, he's our uh, national champ for us. He, uh, he really took uh, an interest in me early on, you know, my first three, four weeks in college. And um, he sat me down and he started talking to me about setting goals for practice because obviously I, I couldn't tell if I was getting better or worse because I was just coming to practice and trying to wrestle, right? And, you know, and trying to, trying to be good, but I couldn't be good because these guys were just better, right? And so he, he explained to me, you know, you need to set a goal for yourself. Instead of coming to practice and trying to win, you should say, okay, when I come to practice, I want to get 
this many takedowns. When I come to practice, I don't want to get taken down 15 times. Maybe, you know, I used to get my butt kicked, so I'd get taken down 15, 20 times in a practice. No kidding. And, 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 and you know, it just blows my mind to say that. And now he's like, okay, instead of getting taken down 20 times, you fight your butt off to never give up more than 15 takedowns in that practice. And then the next time you come back, you fight your butt off not to get taken down more than 12 times. So now I have goals, and I have goals that I can actually see I am getting better. I'm wrestling the same guy, but he didn't take me down 20 times today. He only took me down 15 times, and the next time it's only 10 times. Now I'm down to you know five times, and then all of a sudden I'm starting to get takedowns. I'm, I'm actually being competitive now. And this happened very quickly within three to – I'd say two and a half to three months where I went from being the guy that's getting beat down to now – no one wants to work out with Sean Charles that, to get the weight down because Sean Charles might make you look bad in practice, right? He might, he's going to come at you. And so, but it was all because of Eddie actually taking the time to explain to me how I can see myself improving, even though I wasn't winning, but I was getting better. And that really, really helped me with my confidence, really helped me with um, staying focused in the room. And so having these small goals every day, and what I want my practice to look like kept me focused throughout those practices as well. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it too. And I think a lot of times I'm kind of guilty of it sometimes too. Is like I look at the big goal, you know, down the road that I want, and I'm not really focused on the, the progress that I'm making along the way. You know, so just to set those little goals up, you get those little victories. It kind of keeps you motivated and keeps that mentality to where you're you're, you're still thinking positively about it. You know, right. I, I remember, I mean, I went to when I got to ASU as a freshman, I was like. 96 and my last two years of high school so i'm thinking you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm the tough guy you know i'm gonna come in here take over and we were, we were in practice doing the maroon and gold wrestle off i got pinned by uh john espinoza in the <laughs> second period i mean i hadn't gotten pinned since freshman year but i mean just to have which what you're talking about you know have those goals i mean that's something that that uh really uh, i mean that's just a great way to look at it you know i mean not just in wrestling but just in life you set up those little goals for yourself and you know along the journey to get the big goal you know just to stay motivated to they say slow progress is progress, you know? And I think that's where a lot of people in college get frustrated. Um, you know, they come out um, very similar to you and I, you know, they come in a situation where they used to win and they never, they never uh, lose. And they, they're, they're, you know, and they get in that room and they get very, very frustrated very, very quickly because it's different. Everybody's competitive. Everyone's strong. Everyone has technique. Everyone, you know, is confident in themselves, right? And so what happens is uh, you put people in that situation and they can't see progress. They can't see themselves getting better or they can't see themselves ever making the team. What do you think they do? They quit, right? And so part of being successful is you got to come in there, you know, with an open mind and you have to actually set small goals. And how about with uh, Coach Bobby Douglas in the room? I and mean, he's a legend in wrestling. What was it like just, you know, training underneath him? <laughs> and, you know, I, I hear I heard some stories about how intense he can be. So um, Bobby was it, it was and is a great coach. Uh, I will have to tell you that and a great motivator. So I would say Bobby, the thing that I really appreciated about his coaching, he was tough and he coached everyone differently. He coached everyone to the way he felt he can motivate them to do what they needed to do. And what I mean by that for me was I could, I could take a guy down, you know, five times in a row, right in front of him, boom, you know, and you're looking over and Bobby's watching, you know, if you get another one, you, you know, you look over and see if he's watching. Mm -hmm. and, and, and my man would be like, Charles, that's the worst takedown I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm like, I just got five takedowns on this dude with the same move, and it's the worst technique he's ever seen. So, you know, there's two ways you have to look at everything. And I'm one of those guys that truly uh, try to see the glass half full in every situation. I would just think it as he thinks I could do better, so I should be doing better. You know, I wouldn't get upset about it. I wouldn't, you know, get anything. But, you know, he rode me hard. And, and it was in all fairness to what I just said, how he, he worked me hard, he rode me hard. He also helped me become a four-time All-American, the first four-time All-American. So with little to no really wrestling experience other than wrestling during wrestling season in high school. So, I mean, I contribute a lot of my success to his mental side of coaching, his technical side of coaching, but his uh, way of motivating and pushing me and forcing the best out of me in every situation he could. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode. Before we get back to it, I'd like to take a moment to recognize our sponsor. Safe Streets is one of ADT's oldest and most experienced authorized dealers in the country. Right now, Safe Streets is offering an exclusive deal just for Unstoppable listeners. 
Get a free doorbell camera and a $100 Visa gift card with new system activation and installation. To reserve your free doorbell and get a $100 Visa gift card, call 844-980-SAFE or visit safestreets.com slash unstoppable. You know, he, didn't, he wasn't the kind of guy that would always come and pat me on the back about anything. But when he did, it meant something, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it meant something. Whereas other guys, he was more, you know, he, he, he couldn't coach him the way he could coach me. He couldn't talk to him the way he could talk to me about certain situations and what he expected out of me because it might not bode well with their personality and his, right? Mm-hmm. So I did respect the fact that he did treat us all differently, but he also pushed us to get the most out of us. I think that's just the characteristics of a great coach right there. You know, it's like no one, no one is motivated by the same things. And so it's like, you know, you got to figure out the way to find, find out a way to get them to chase their own greatness, Yeah. You know, get them to, to, to motivate and, and to go out there and, and just stay fired up. And, uh, you know, I remember one of the things you told our team, it's again, one of my favorite things I heard from you uh, as a junior and senior, you'd say, you know, you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Can you talk a little bit about like what that means and what it means to you? Well, you know, wrestling is a sport that from an outsider's perspective, everyone's like, oh, I want to be in the finals. Oh, I want to, you know, I wish I was in the semis wrestling that guy. Okay, all right. If you, if you really want those things, you can train yourself to be in those positions. But the reality is you have to learn because our, our sport is, is very stressful if you allow it to be stressful. It's one-on-one and there is no forgiveness in our sport. And what I mean by that is this, you could be sick, no one cares. You could be injured. That shouldn't change the outcome of what you've got to be able to go out there and do. Um, you could be breaking up with your girlfriend, be doing bad in school. No one cares about those things, right? They only want to see you go out there and perform to the highest ability. So you definitely have to learn how to deal with the pressures and the stresses of being able to compete because it doesn't matter how good you are in the room. If you can't turn that over and take the pressures and the stresses of being in the semifinals or the finals, you're never going to accomplish your goals. When I was at Nebraska coaching Ryan Snyder and some of the other guys, you know, these guys, they understood you're going to be in a pressure situation and how you handle the pressure is going to dictate the outcome because no one's expecting you to reinvent the wheel. No one's expecting you to do magic. We're just expecting you to go out there and compete to the highest and highest ability that you possibly can. And so once you understand that, yes, you to be a national champ, it's going to be stressful. It's going to be pressure on you. But you got to turn that pressure and stress into fuel to wrestle hard because you want this, right? If you want this, then you now, now that you're in these situations, you have to go out there and show everybody how badly you want it by using it as fuel and not as baggage because it's, it's inevitable you're going to feel stress. It's inevitable you're going to feel pressure. I don't know anybody as good as some of these guys are out there right now that don't get stressed out before a competition. Don't get stressed out because of who they got to wrestle, but you got to use it as fuel. And the guys like, uh, I'm going to use Ben Ashford, you know, the, the, the more stressful a situation would be for, for Ben, the better he would wrestle. It was just amazing to watch this guy make the Olympic team. The more pressure, the better. And that's when I realized, started realizing that to be successful in this sport, you have to learn to be uncomfortable. You have to learn to take un- the uncomfortable situations and make it comfortable because you're going to get in a tough match, third period, and you're up by a point. It's pretty damn uncomfortable, minute left on the clock. you got a minute to win or a minute to lose. But that's where you have to be more th- the most comfortable ever because you've prepared yourself to be in this situation. You want to be in this situation, so let's win. Let's go get our hand raised now. Let's, let's, let's finish this thing the right way because we're in this and we, we, we want to be here. This is what we've been planning on. And so I really believe that some of the best guys that you watch wrestling right now, those guys, I mean, they're like stone cold killers. You think you never see them seem like they're phased at all because they've learned to be comfortable in these such these, these high, highly stressful situations. They've learned to be comfortable. And I think that's how you have to be if you want to be a good wrestler at the highest level, especially, you know, college international, you, you have to be that way. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Coach. I remember, you know, my national finals match running out on that red carpet. Man, I was so nervous. <laughs> I remember, you know, they had that ESPN camera in my face. I was, like, wiping tears from my eyes, and, you know, the butterflies are going crazy. But I do remember, though, you know, as soon as we started that match and McDonough kind of came at me and we're tying up, it was, like, 20 seconds in. I just remember thinking in my head, you know, this is what we trained for. You know, I, I worked too hard to lose. This is, this is mine to win. And that just, like, just squashed all the nerves in me. 
you know, just like, no, this is, this is what I was preparing for this moment right here. You know, I mean, this is, this is what makes it so special, right? Like, 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 like that, that, that makes it so hard, all the pressure on top. That's what makes it worth it. And, you know, going out there and fighting for it. Uh, yep. It's uh, nothing like it. Nothing like it. And I'm telling you, man, I, I see a lot of wrestlers, uh, high school kids nowadays and stuff. And some of these kids are very talented, but they still haven't learned, you know, and, and, and I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's just people talk to them, but they still haven't learned how to, to, to use that pressure as fuel. Pressure is more of a baggage to them, and it weighs them down in their match, and it makes them tired, and it makes them, you know, not use the tech, right techniques they're supposed to use in certain situations. And I, and I really believe that, um, you know, when you start looking at the highest end guys, and obviously I consider you to be one of them, like Bubba Jenkins, Ben Aspirin, they've learned that to turn that stress and pressure into fuel to wrestle, and, and that's what a lot of people have to do. They just got to learn to flip the switch, and um, use it as fuel. Yeah, coach. I mean, I mean, looking at your career, you definitely didn't have a problem, you know, flipping that switch. I mean, four-time All-American, and you're the first four-time All-American in Arizona State wrestling history. And and when you look back on that roster, man, like of all the people that have come through there, the wrestling greats, that's a that's an amazing accomplishment right there, you know. But then you, you didn't stop, did you? You, you kept going, like in the yeah, international I mean, level. Yeah, I wrestled internationally. I've won a lot of tournaments international, um, and I had really good coaching. And I, and I really contribute a lot of my successes to that because, you know, Bobby was tough. You know, we trained hard, great workout partners. And I used to tell myself, man, I can't wait to compete. I'm tired of <laughs> wrestling the same guys all the time. And I'm tired of running every day and lifting weights every day. I can't wait till we go to some wrestling matches so we can actually wrestle. <laughs> and so uh, Matt Kafari, you know, he was a, a runner-up in the Olympics, uh, took a silver medal in the Olympics. And Matt Kafari you know, I was always like a fly on a wall. And I, you know, these guys, we had some of the best guys in, in the world training at Arizona State at the time. And uh, McAfee, after one of our matches, pulled me off to the side. And he said, you know, there's no reason why he would need to really even say anything other than that he just was trying to help me. So he pulls me off to the side. And I might not have, I don't think I won the match. Because he's like, you know what, Sean, you know, uh, you know, he asked me a couple questions about wrestling. He said, well, well, let me ask you a simple question. If you were actually in a fight with this guy, the guy that you just got done wrestling, would you win or lose? And I said, I'd probably beat him in a fight. And he goes, well, wrestling and fighting are pretty much the same thing, right? And I'm like, well, and he goes, well, when you really think about it, the only difference is, you know, you're fighting him in front of a bunch of people. But if you were just on the street and he said something you don't like and, you, you know, you guys got to fight, you think you would beat him. But now that same mentality, you have to take that into your match to win those matches. You've got to be willing to fight, you know, and, and, and it sounds kind of harsh, but he was right. He was 100% right because if you really believe that you can do certain things, now you have these platforms. You actually now get to show people you can do these things. Mm -hmm. And so that talk, and, and what, I was, what I was trying to allude to is that little talk, these little talks that I was having with all these different guys, um, really always stuck with me some of the things that they would tell me to help motivate me to go out there and compete at the highest level that I was capable of competing at. And, um, you know, Mike Farr probably didn't even know that, you know, that the little conversation we had has always stuck with me to this day, but it has, right? And it's just little, little things like that. And I think some of these young kids out there, um, some of these kids that are in college right now that are having a good, difficult time, you, you got to ask questions. And, 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 and you also have to be open-minded to hear information that can actually make you a better wrestler. You know, it make you rethink what you think it's about because um, even when you were at Arizona State, I used to always- Best move is a double leg, you know? Like, but I mean, you don't think Jordan Burroughs went out there one time in practice and that was it. You know, he drilled double leg one time. No, he, that dude's doing that, you know, I mean, tons of different ways, different setups. I mean, you know, he's, he's constantly just cleaning it up. You know, you can never be good enough. You know, you can never just be like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's all right, I can move on to something else. It's like, no, you can always be better Look for those people to, to, to help you to get better, you know, to improve, to constantly evolve. And, you know, I, I, the way I think of it, it's like you beat yourself. You know, you challenge yourself every day to beat yourself, get a little bit better, a little bit better. You know, I mean, there oh. might not be anybody out there that, that can beat you, but you have to beat you up here, you know, and that's how you keep that edge, how you stay at the front line, you know, on the top of those podiums is you, you constantly challenge yourself to beat yourself. Right. I remember uh, working out with uh, Townsend Saunders. Uh, you know, I was complaining to him. I was like, man, it's like – everybody knows exactly what I'm going to do, right? Like, so it's so hard for me to be able to do my techniques because everybody knows I'm going to shoot the double leg, I'm going to do this. And he says, Sean, it's very simple. Wrestling is not a very complicated sport. He goes, everyone knows you're going to shoot a double leg, single leg, or high crotch. You just have to get so good at it, they can't stop it. 
And he walked away from me. He just dropped the mic. <laughs> but, but, but it was the realest thing I ever heard because it was, he's 100% right. True. I'm worried about what everyone else is, thinks, you know, that they could stop me and do all these things. And he just bluntly just said, hey, you just got to get so good at it, they can't stop it. And he was right. <laughs> Unstoppable out there, right? Yeah. And so it's those little conversations that I, I, I look back and I'm like, man, those things right there, you know, if I wasn't willing to ask a question or if I wasn't in those situations, I don't know if I would have had the right mindset in certain situations to um, accomplish what I did or what, what I was able to accomplish in college or in, in international competition. I, I want to tell you this story about my coaching, going back to Bobby Douglas. This is my freshman year, and um, I'm, in a, uh, I'm in the blood round. This is the being All-American and not to be an All-American. And when I was wrestling in college, it was the last year they let Division II national champs wrestle at the NCAA tournament. And I'm wrestling a two-time Division II national champ, tough, strong, fast. And uh, before the match, Melvin Douglas, he didn't tell me the whole truth. He told me that the guy was going to get tired, that he wasn't, you know, I was going to get him and all this stuff. No, this dude did not get tired. And, and he was <laughs> tough. He was strong. He was really good. And um, we ended up going to overtime. And when I, back when I was wrestling, overtime was another three-minute match, a 1-1-1 match. So oh, you wrestled for seven, and then you did a 1-1-1 um to determine who was going to win the match right so it was a 10-minute match in between after the seven minutes is over you got a one-minute break and i'll never forget this this is something that really changed my career really so he's over in his corner and his coach is fanning him down and he's kind of bouncing in place i'm dead tired i'm sitting down on the on the on the thing and melvin's in front of me he's like man he's gonna he, you're gonna get him this time and out of nowhere bobby douglas comes into the match right because we have so many guys wrestling at the time he comes over to the match. I'm, I'm getting ready to go, you know, probably 30 seconds left. And he's looking at me and he's like, Sean, Sean, Sean. He's trying to get my attention. And I'm thinking in my head, you know, and it's sad for me to tell you to say this, but I'm thinking, I'm only a freshman. I can lose this match, right? I'm thinking that. And uh, Bobby, I, I don't know what he can see in my eyes, but he's like, Sean, you got to do this for the team. I didn't even budge. I didn't even think. So I was like, I was thinking in my head, I'm, 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 I'm only a freshman. He's like, you got to do this for yourself freaking tired now. I don't know if I could beat this dude. I'm thinking to my, you know, he's telling me, he's like, you got to do this for your mom. And I'm like, why you got to bring my mom into this? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it because it really got me to think, man, wait a minute. Why am I, why I'm here? I'm, I, I, I trained, but that was a spark for me. It was like, you know, you got to do this for your mom. I'm like, man, why do you got to bring my mom into this? I'm ready to, to go out here, maybe lay down and, you know, not being all American, but when he said that, it got me ready to go back out there, and I ended up beating that kid, the, the guy, two-time national champ, to be my being all American, so I could be a four-time all American. And um, I don't know where he got that from. I don't know why he said it, you know, but he said it in a time where I needed to hear it to wrestle. Got that? Got you to flip that switch, right? Right, right. <laughs> and I, I and I'll never forget that because if if he wouldn't have said that at that moment, at that time, I probably wouldn't have been a four-time all American. Help you get that that motivation to just you know, not care anymore. Just just turn the turn the corner and scrap to the end. That, that's you know I, I keep hearing you say you know you're talking about coaches saying things to motivate you, your teammates little things. You know you asking questions and I mean that just goes to show you it's like you know no one can get there alone. You know like we all have moments not just in a wrestling map but in our life like where you're saying you know you're you're there you're tired you start thinking well you know I'm just a freshman you know I, I can lose this match it's like the the negativity of the challenges start coming and that doubt starts creeping and it's like you needed someone to kind of help pull you out of that fog you know and, and i think that's something that a lot of the, you know young athletes even adults even just uh, we've got to remember that you know no one can do it alone so if you need help you know ask for help you know surround yourself with those people that that can lift you up you know that can help motivate you during those times when, when you're down you know when you when you're having that doubt when you're ready to to throw in that towel you know because you, you need to be able to, to to help flip that switch sometimes if you need the help get it Right, right. And, and I truly believe that, man, like you definitely need to have people that are the wind beneath your wings. And um, so for every great athlete, great person you see out there scrapping and stuff, there's someone there that is helping them or has motivated them to be able to step out there and accomplish those goals. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be a father, it could be a mother, it could be a best friend, it could be a girlfriend, you know, but there's someone other than just a person out there that you see that is really putting that wind beneath their wings to, to help them. And um, for me, I just, like I said, I, I, I was fortunate enough. And again, it goes back. I started wrestling so late. I really 
had no choice other but to listen to people. I didn't know enough wrestling um, to to doubt anything someone told me, that, especially when they were successful and good, or to second guess it, right? And so I think that really, really helped me a lot because maybe I started out late, but I, I started out with a clean slate where I, I was surrounded by really good people that trained really hard and you know had good technique. And so that's what I learned to do. Yeah, Coach, I mean, you had an amazing competition career, and, you know, then you had some had success in college coaching, you know, so you're traveling across the country, different programs, but, I mean, in 2009, you come back home to Arizona, you know, you're the new Arizona State head coach, and I just remember one of the things that generated a lot of attention your first year was, was Hell Week, but more specifically, uh, the, the plate workout, you know, which is, it's now infamous. Can you explain just what that was all about? And real quick, I just want to explain what the plate workout is for everyone listening. It's where each wrestler has a 45-pound plate in their hands and is required to do seven rounds of 10 total exercises, such as bicep curls, shoulder presses, front lunges, bent over rows, etc. Each round consists of one set of each exercise. After each round, we were required to sprint one lap around the track, and at the end of the lap, we would pick up the plate and begin the next round. We had to do 16 reps for the first round, and every round after that, the rep number would drop by one. Well, you know, when I, when I took the job at Arizona State, it was an interesting environment because there were a lot of people that wanted to be on the team and were on the team, but they really weren't on the team. There were, there were so many different things they were doing with their time and energy. Some of the guys weren't even coming to practice every day. I mean, I'm just like, man, we, 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 can't, allow, I can't, we, we can't move forward as a program unless we have a group of young men that are committed to wrestling when it's time to wrestle. When wrestling practice is out, you do your thing, but – we have to be committed to this. And I talked to the team quite a bit about that. So Hell Week was one of those things that was to really um, run off the kids and keep the kids out of the program that truly did not want to do it. They wanted to be part of it, but they didn't really want to be part of it the way you have to be part of it. You have to be committed. You have to work hard. You know, you have to be um, responsible about the training and the competing and when I took the job, it, you were you were there before I was there. It wasn't like that. You had a handful of kids that were really committed to wrestling. Then some kids that really just were there because they got to put on the scene and be called a wrestler. Well, for us to, to accomplish the goals that I was trying to accomplish as a coach, I needed to get everybody on the same page. So Hell Week was designed around keeping kids out of the program that didn't really want to be there and to force the kids that really that were already on the team that really want to be there this is the level we're going to. This is where we're going to take it to. And uh, I'll tell you a funny story. We had this one young man. He came in my office all excited about coming out for the wrestling team. And uh, remember, our, pra- our, our, our team was open. Anyone could try for the team. Anyone could run Hell Week. And uh, this is the first Hell Week, too. So he comes in. He's all pumped up, telling us his story, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, man, I'd, I'd love that. I mean, just come out. Uh, this is when Hell Week is and everything. So he shows up. At the time, we used to have the strength coach named uh, – Coach Storm. Remember Storm? I remember Storm. <laughs> so, so we get the plates and we get ready to go. And it was hot that day. I, I don't know if you remember how – I mean, it was like at least 102 degrees, 105. It was Yeah, crazy. it was hot. It was crazy hot. I mean, it was hot even holding the plates. It was crazy hot. Anyway, we start the plate workout, and we even – we just get through the first rotation. And that same kid, Storms walks by him, and he's like – He's like, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I could do this. And he says, you can put the plate down anytime you want. Just walk away. And he looks over at Coach Storms like, really? He puts the plate down and just leaves. I mean, we didn't have <laughs> the first rotation. But, but, but that's, that's, you know, but if you would have heard this guy come into the office, how he wanted to do this and how he's going to be part of, you know, and how he's going to make the team and do all these things. Those words, I mean, I, I was impressed. I think this guy's going to do all right. He's going to come in and he's going to, you know, he didn't even make it through the first rotation of the play workout. And so it really was about trying to get everyone committed to one goal. When we come to wrestling, come to practice, come to training, it's about being the best we can possibly be so we can uplift this program and be successful. I really do think, you know, um, as we went through this whole process, I really do think that the kids that that bought into what we were trying to accomplish, I mean, because play workout was hard and it was, you know, hell week was hard. But I think that I feel like we did change that. We did change the, the culture. We did change the environment 
to kids that really that were committed to being on the team and working hard and trying to do their best. No matter if they were the best kid in this country or not, they were going to give their all. And I felt really good about that, um, you know, as far as a coach in my career at Arizona State. And Coach, I remember that, that experience. And I know all my teammates would agree with me when I say it, it definitely forced us to, uh, to step outside of that comfort zone, you know, but we needed it. You know, I needed that. I needed to, to mentally just be tested and, you know, to really see what it was going to take, you know, what price I was going to have to pay to get to that next level. And, you know, the way I see it, in order to do something you've never done or, you know, reach a certain level of success in your life that you've never reached, whether it's in athletics, academics, whatever, you know, you have to be willing to put yourself through that discomfort. You know, you have to be willing to, to spend a little bit more than, than you otherwise would to get to that success. You know, it's not comfortable, it's not convenient, but, you know, that's what's necessary to reach where few people can get to. Right. Right. I remember having some talks with the team um, because, again, you know, I, I think we had talent. Arizona State always has great, great talent. I, you know, I, I say that right now because we always had great talent in the room. The thing was, you know, the culture wasn't it wasn't the best when I first got there. And I used to question the team. And obviously you were there. And, and, and I'm saying this because I want people to hear this. You know, one of the things that I thought was interesting is uh, when I when I first came in the coach, some of the kids didn't like me because they thought I, I was working us or working too hard or training too hard or demanding too much from them being on Arizona State's wrestling team. And uh, I remember sitting everyone down up against the wall and I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. Cause I, you know, I found out about it and I said, well, if I took you and I just pointed at someone and I put you at Penn State's wrestling room or I was wrestling room, they would think that you were abnormal because you weren't working hard enough. But because we're at Arizona State, everyone thinks that I'm abnormal because I'm trying to push you to be the best that you want to be. And I said, so it's an interesting thing to me because the, the difference between abnormal and normal is the scenario or the, the environment that you place yourself in. If someone came to Arizona State and was used to working out in the Big Ten and they came to Arizona State, they would think you guys were abnormal not working as hard as he's accustomed to working whereas if you take a you know a kid from Penn State and Iowa and you put them in the same room they would think everything was normal because they're accustomed to seeing and working that hard every day mm -hmm. and I said so what we have to do is I'm only abnormal because you guys haven't reached the normal level of what it takes to be successful in D1 wrestling do you remember that conversation I do remember that conversation actually I mean <laughs> Mentally, you know, you got to get our, we had to get ourselves to that new norm. I honestly, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't understand it because I, I, you know, I'd never been really outside of Arizona and I went to straight to Arizona State. So, you know, what you're exposing us to was all new to me as well. But I mean, looking back, you know, when I got to the national finals, you know, I, I, I understood it. You know, I was really grateful for, for what you put me through because I mean, you, you watch those guys in the finals, you watch them afterwards, the champions, you know, you look at their faces. I mean, they're just, they look like they just got in a fist fight. You know, they're just thrash. It's that tournament's not easy. You know, I mean, it's three grueling days. It, yeah. yeah, it's unforgivable. You know, mm -hmm. so so you need to be willing to to pay that price. You know, and like you said, that's that's the norm. And you know, we had to get to that norm. You know, we were underneath it. And I think that's what the uh, the best guys, you know, the most successful people are willing to do. You know, it's like the norm for everybody else might be right here. Their norm's up here. You know, mm -hmm. and it's always you one up in yourself. You keep the climb going. Yeah, coach. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely grateful for what, you know, what you put us through, you know, just challenges to get better. And I mean, one of the things looking back when I got my title, I, I know one of the things specifically out of many, but one specific thing that you did for me that really helped me to get to that next level, that I wouldn't have been able to get to the podium without it was, you know, the, the arm bike workouts, you know, that, that you put me through. For those of you who don't know what an arm bike is, it's basically a machine where you sit down and instead of using your legs to pedal like a normal bike, this machine makes you pedal with only your arms, and there's a knob in the center to adjust the tension, which impacts how hard it is to move the pedals. Well, when I was at Central Michigan, you know, we had an arm bike in the wrestling room. This first time I ever even came across it. And so when we had kids that would get injured, you know, hip, knee, you know, ankle, we would get them on the arm bike. And, um, I, you know, and I used to get on the arm bike myself just to, you know, I want to feel it. I'm, you know, I'm still training and competing, so I went through a couple of arm bike workouts, tough workouts. And so... The thing that I realized coaching you was you were constantly on your hands. And as the tournament went on, it wasn't a matter of technique anymore. It was just, just came down to fatigue. And I realized that 
you know, you, you're doing the exercises that we're doing and, and doing the running the stadiums and stuff like that. It wasn't pushing your heart rate the way we needed to get it to get you to that level conditioning wise to, to, to accomplish what you really want to accomplish. And so um, after, you know, remember every year I would sit down and I would ask the guys their goals. And I, I you know, after talking with you, I knew you wanted to win a national title. And I, I, I uh, funny thing is we, we commandeered a uh, arm bike from the baseball team <laughs> and we brought it right into the restroom. And, um, and I, uh, I'll never forget it. I was like, okay, you know, um, you tell me you want to be a national champ and this is what we have to do to get you there. Right. We got to, we got to get your heart rate up and we got to get you in shape mentally. I know you're there physically strong strength wise. We know you're there. We got to get your heart rate up to be able to hold up for a tournament tournament, dual meet, totally different environment. Right. And so, one of the things that uh, impressed me the most, and um, I've, I've said this before, is uh, the first time I put you through the arm bike workout, it was tough, but you, 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 you rode a perfect bike. I mean, you rode a perfect bike, hard. I mean, I, I pushed you, I challenged you, and you never let it tip. You never let it go below the levels that I needed you to stay at. Um, and I'll never forget, you fell out on the ground, exhausted, tired when it was done. I mean, just literally, you just fell off the bike. And I said, yeah, 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 I remember that. And I said, you know, I said, Anthony, if you're willing to go through this, I, I'm, I can help you become a national champion. And you looked up at me. I mean, you were just done. And you're like, I'll do whatever it takes, coach. And right there is it, it, there was nothing more to be said. I knew that you were going to allow me as your coach to do what I felt I had to do to get you where you want to go. I mean, I, I mean, like I said, you rode a tough bike. Most of the time, people do about a three, four-minute bike. I put you through a seven-minute match, right, on the bike, on the arm bike. And, um, yeah, you were spent, but you still wanted to make sure that we we're going to be doing this if it was going to get you where you want to go. Um, that, that says it all. I mean, right there, not, not only were you coachable, but you knew it wasn't going to be easy. You knew it wasn't going to feel great. You knew um, that – uh, you know, it, you know, when you walk in the room and I want you on the arm bike, it's going to get scary because coach is going to push you. <laughs> but you are willing to go through it to get to where you want to go, go as far as reaching your goals. Yeah, coach, I mean, that, that's something I'll forever be grateful for you, to you for, for doing to me. <laughs> just put me through that. And man, I just remember like, you know, I, I, I like to consider myself a, a, a hard worker in the, the weight room and all that. You know, I put myself through some tough stuff, but man, I mean, plate workout and arm bike by far, those are the two hardest things I've ever had to do. And I mean, you just put me through that though. I mean, literally, I just remember every time, like it would, it would bring me to that edge. You know, like I was like, I mean, I was like on, on the breaking point as mm -hmm. soon as we were done with that. But man, I mean, that gave me so much more confidence, you know, every time I stepped out there on the mat, you know, I'm, I'm just more going out there thinking, you know, they're not doing what I'm doing. You know, they're not training like we're training. You know, they're, they're not putting the time and they're not doing what we're, what we're doing in this room. They're not, you know, just sacrificing. And that just gives you so much more of a mental edge, I think. Just putting yourself through stuff like that, challenging yourself. It's like, I'm, it's, it's do or die. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting mine. You know, it just gives you that, that, to, that confidence just to go to the end and feel, really feel unstoppable. You know? Right. Well, I'm going to tell you one of the things that, I, that um, is so important for a lot of the people to understand. Coaches are there to help you. Right. And, you know, sometimes I hear kids, they, they, oh, I don't like the coach or he's works to me too hard. Or he push the bottom line is you got to throw that stuff out the window. There is no one who wants to see you succeed more than your coach. Mm -hmm. No one. And so the thing about a, a coach is their job is to push those buttons and, 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 and manipulate situations to put you in uncomfortable situations so that you learn to deal with them. And again, no one wants you to win more than your coach. So, you know, any young person out there listening right now um, and is might having a hard time with your coach, you might need to sit down and talk with them because I could tell you right now, that person that is putting the time into coaching you and watching you and watching videos with you, he wants you to be more successful than you can possibly imagine. And so you ha really have to change the way you think about being coached. The coach is there to, to, to help you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes kids get in, in their mind that the coach, you know, he, he wants to, you know, like, I don't, I don't I, they have this negative thing about the coach because he's pushing you. But the reality it is, if, if the coach wants you to win more probably than you want to win yourself, 
And if you already made up your mind that you aren't going to listen to him or you think he doesn't like you, you're really hurting yourself because he wants you to be the best you can be. Mm -hmm. And so maybe there's just a, there's a lack of communication between the two, but between you two about what you are really want to accomplish. And I, and I, so I, I, I really question any kids out there that are having a hard time with their coach, sit down and talk with them, sit down and pick his head, sit down, and ask questions. And then, you know, going back to when we first started this thing, Bobby was tough on me, but I was okay with it because I was, I was, I was okay with it because I didn't know enough about wrestling to begin with. But more importantly, at least he was talking to me. I, I, I'm going <laughs> to tell you right now, the minute a coach stops talking to you and wanting to help you, that's when you should question because now he doesn't care. The minute that they're not talking to you is when you should be worried when a coach is not trying to push you. That's when you should worry. Yeah, it's, it's that pushing, it's that challenging, that, that that's where you find the growth. You know, that's where, where the, you start making the, those, uh, those gains towards your goal, you know, when, when they're forcing you to step outside and challenge yourself to get better. And uh, I mean, I know you and I, I remember just competing. We, we sat down and I was kind of having an issue like watching video, you know, like watching my uh, opponents. And I kind of felt like it was just messing with my self-confidence because I was focusing only on, you know, we're watching these videos. I'm only focusing on what they're doing good, you know? So when I go out there on the wrestling mat, it's like, I'm just nervous. Like, what are they going to do to me? And, you know, you and I sat down and talked about it. And you're, you're like, no, all right, we don't have to watch the videos. You know, we'll, we'll do something different. And it's like, I think kids need to do that more. You know, like, okay, you have to realize that you're going you're gonna to be pushed. You're going to be challenged. But that's, that's to your betterment. You know, that, that's what you need to be successful. But at the same time, there's certain things that, you know, you question. Maybe, you know, talk to your coach about it. Make some adjustments where they need to be. Because, I mean, like you said, they want you to be successful. Right. They're, 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 every coach wants their kid to be successful and win, and they're going to do what they have to, what they think they have to do to push you to be the best you could possibly be. Um, and the, the one thing that hurts most kids is when you fight it. Uh, you know, uh, going back to, you know, I, you know, kids will write me letters and, you know, send me emails because they want to know why I was successful and how I got good so quickly. And um, one of the things that I, I, I've written back to some of these guys about was when I went to Arizona State, I was – I was a very good athlete. I was pretty strong, um, fast, but technically I wasn't really that good. And conditioning wise, I wasn't really that good. So I had to, you know, improve in certain areas. And I realized really fast that whatever Bobby Douglas told me to do as a, as, you know, as a coach, I respected him so much, whatever he told me to do, I was going to do. And I think when I say this, I want every athlete out there to think about this. If your coach asks you to do something, you're going to do it. Now you have two choices to make in doing what they ask you to do one you can do it with a frown on your face and just try to get through it and get nothing out of it or two you can put a smile on your face work as hard as you possibly can so that you can get something out of it and i realized my second third week in college no matter what he told me to do he could tell me to run 10 miles i could sit there and start oh man we got to go run 10 miles this is crazy this is stupid what or i could say you know what i can't wait to run the 10 miles i'm gonna run the 10 miles as hard as i possibly can and i'm gonna get as much as much about as i possibly can and I took that approach, and that's why I was successful quickly. Get the most out of the situation you're in, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. oh, man, Coach, wise words right there. And I know you're a busy guy. I want to respect your time, but I got a couple more questions, so we'll call them, uh, call them short time questions. Okay, uh, cool. But, uh, you know, so first up right here, what's your most memorable moment as a coach? Ooh, definitely has to be uh, coaching two national champions. Or was it uh, 2011? Yeah, 2011. I mean, um, I'm going to tell you, man, that was whew, one of the most nerve-wracking um, NCAA tournaments that I've ever coached in. Um, you know, obviously, I have you undefeated wrestler in the finals against the returning two-time national champ from Iowa. Uh, then I also have Bubba Jenkins in the finals, uh, wrestling undefeated wrestler from Penn State. And so um as a coach i mean it was it was very nerve-wracking and um to have both you young men to go out there and take the advice myself and the coaching staff on what we needed to do to win those matches and and, and actually win both those matches i mean as a coach i, I don't know I, I i don't yeah that that definitely is the highlight of my, my my coaching career um something that is very special for me um and that year, we, we were the only team that had two national champions. A saying that I like is uh, consistency breeds champions. 
And uh, I like that because, um, you know, if you consistently do something, no matter what it is, I mean, if, if you say, well, I'm going to, I want to run five miles. Okay. And, and, and you start out and you can't only run, you know, a hundred meters, you know, if you consistently work at something and chip away at it, you're eventually going to be able to run five miles. The thing that a lot of us do is when something starts getting uncomfortable, something starts to, you know, you know, not be fun. We lose sight of the goals that we set. And so, you know, put your goals up in front of you and consistently try to get to those goals. Again, start off with small goals. The small goals become, they compound to be bigger and bigger goals until you accomplish what you want to get. But um, one of my quotes is uh, consistency breeds champions. So I like that. I like that coach. And last question, what does unstoppable mean to you? Unstoppable means to me that in sports life, you are going to get thrown curveballs. You're going to get pushed down. And to be unstoppable, when you're pushed down, you have to learn to fight to get back up. And you got to try harder. And the only time that you don't win is when you stop trying to get back up, when you give up, right? And so to be unstoppable, you just have to have a mentality that, you know, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. But the only time that you don't succeed is when you just stay down. Get back up. Get back up. That's the only thing I can. That's the only thing I can really say to anybody. And I and I talk to my sons about this all the time. You know, you know, whatever happens, you, you got to get back up and try harder the next day. You got to, and if you're willing to do that every day, you're going to be all right. Yeah. Well said, Coach. Man, I'm Coach Charles. Thank you so much for just taking the time to share some of these stories and, and drop the knowledge. You know, you, you're someone that I've always looked up to and respected. You know, you're a great friend. You were an awesome coach for me. And, you know, thank you for just uh, sharing with, with the listeners what it means to, uh, to be unstoppable. Appreciate it, Coach. Right. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And hopefully I didn't scare too many kids on uh, wrestling. But, uh, um, you know, I, I really think that uh, it's a great sport. Um, it definitely saved me from uh, uh, being a troublemaker, I guess. And more importantly, allowed me to go to college, get a college education, and be around some fantastic athletes and travel the world. So wrestling's been good to me, for sure. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you, Coach. All right, man. You have a good rest of your day. I really hope you all enjoyed listening to Sean Charles share a little bit about his career in wrestling, both as a competitor and a coach, and what it takes to be successful, not just in wrestling, but in anything that we choose to go after in life. There are a number of things that Coach said that really stood out to me that I've applied to my everyday life. Like, when it comes to reaching our goals and finding that level of success that we seek, we have to be willing to commit the time, energy, and focus that it takes in order to accomplish them, and we have to be consistent. Most of the time, this isn't convenient. It takes sacrifice, and that's uncomfortable. But if we want to be successful, we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Also, we need to remember that it's important to set small goals for ourselves that we can focus on accomplishing while on our way to reaching our bigger goals. I don't know about you, but when I set a goal for myself that's difficult and will take some time before I can accomplish it, I find myself struggling at times to stay motivated because I'm not getting the results that I expect as quickly as I expect them. So if you can relate, try this. Think about a specific goal that you might have right now, something that you know is going to be difficult and it won't happen overnight. Once you have this goal in your head, work backwards. Ask yourself, what's one thing that I can do today to get me closer to that bigger goal? Whatever that thing is, that becomes your smaller goal. So go out and do what you need to do to accomplish it. That's it for today, guys. As always, I just want to thank you for listening. Take care and remember... Be unstoppable. Today's episode is brought to you by Safe Streets, the leader in smart home security and automation, and America's only ADT authorized provider. Safe Streets will help protect what you value most. To talk to an expert and get a free quote today, call 844-980-SAFE. That's 844-980-7233. The Unstoppable Podcast is a production of Anthony Robles Enterprises, LLC, in partnership with The Really Good Home Podcasts. I'd like to thank my editor, Laura Batista, producer Katie Pulatunoff, and my senior producer, Andy Frazier. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great day, and remember, be unstoppable. <laughs>